Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Transformation podcasts. Today's episode is about alignment, leadership and unlocking your potential. And I am delighted to welcome Hortense Legentie, executive coach and, and author of the book Aligned, Connecting Your True Self with the Leader You're Meant to Be. Hortense, welcome to the show. Susie, it's uh, such a pleasure, a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hortense, you are an executive leadership coach, speaker and author, but you haven't always been. I know we were chatting and you feel that everything led you to becoming um, an executive leadership coach, but you were also a show jumper. You worked in corporate. You're an entrepreneur. You're the CEO of a steel manufacturing country, and you're now on a quest to support CEOs and senior executives on their journey from what you call hero leaders to human leaders, which is a, a quest we share, and to pay back your learnings. Can we start there? So with your book, Aligned. So for okay. those of you that are watching, I'm holding up what's on this book. And for those of you that are listening, the book is called Aligned, Connecting Your True Self with the Leader You're Meant to Be. Um, so let's dive into your book. What triggered you to write this book and share your approach to alignment? Sure. Great question. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> back then I was in uh, I was in Paris. So mm. now I'm in New York, but uh, back then I was in Paris. In Paris, is you know the culture is different from mm. here. Mm. One day, the assistant of one of my clients, you know, talked to me and asked me where uh, she can find something about me because she wanted to learn from me, and mm -hmm. she said, "I cannot have you." As a coach, I would love to learn from you. And Susie, I was so ashamed because <laughs> at that time I didn't I didn't have anything. Mm. Because in France it's not the culture. The culture is more, yeah. you know, you are more private. So I didn't have website, I didn't write, wrote any article, nothing. So at that mo a moment, I told myself, you should write a book mm. because that could help other people. I cannot coach. A lot of people yes. at the same time, right? Yeah. I'm just alone. And so I took my courage and I said, let's write a mm. book. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you did because there's lots <laughs> of wisdom you. in that book. And, <laughs> and I love the fact that it's also about, you know, multiplying the impact you can have. Because as you say, you only have a certain amount of hours in a day to coach. And I know that was part of the initiative MG100 that you, you're also part of around paying it forward and, and mm -hmm. taking this work to, to leaders and other people. In your book, you talk about the first time you actually felt alignment, because before we go into further questions, I'd really like to understand, you know, alignment. In, when you were a teenager show jumping, you said it was the first time you felt alignment. Can you tell us what it felt like and how did you know, Hortense, that you were aligned? I think alignment for me, it's really, you know, when I was, a, you know, when I was a teenager I found, and, and when I was back, you know, when mm. I was riding horses and uh, short jumper, mm. it was that moment when, you know, I was three steps before the obstacles with my horse mm. and I could feel that everything is going to be perfect. And you go there and you, you feel your horse, you know, doing the three steps and at one moment, just jump and do the perfect jump. Mm. And there it's, you know, when you're up there, you feel like this is it. Yeah. 
this is it. You know, I work for that. I work with my horse. We are both together. We are here. We are in the air. We are free. We are doing exactly what we are supposed to do. Mm. And for me, this is exactly what is the alignment about. Mm. We, we could take, you know, same example with, uh, for example, a surfer. Same surfer who catch you yeah. know the per- the perfect yeah. way. Yeah, you have the same sensation. It's be you know is this really is this it is this sensation to be to be free to fly somewhere mm. and to be you don't ask yourself any question. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know you are there. And it this just seems it. obvious. It just seems obvious. Like you feel you should be there. That's just natural for you. That that's yeah. That's, that's natural. Right. That's normal. You feel in your element. You mm. put this differently, yeah. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you you all you describe also alignment around this subject of being in your element as being congruent, congruent with who you are, what you feel, what you envision, how you how you show up in life and in leadership, of course. So we don't necessarily have the time in this connected world to sit down and think about that and question ourselves about that. So how would we know? What are some of the typical symptoms of misalignment, if you like? Not being aligned look like, I would say, when you feel overreacting to a situation. Mm. So we, we can feel three big symptoms, I guess, I think, of this, or three big clues, but symptoms. Yeah. Overreacting to reaction, to, you know, to situations. So you're not supposed to react like that. Why did I react like that? Mm. You know, he, he, she just said that, okay, I was not happy, but why did, mm. why did I react like that? Blaming others, I would say. Yeah, yeah. The, the blame one. game. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. When you blame others, it's always other fault. Okay. It's a fault. It's a fault of my boss. It's a fault of my neighbor. It's a fault of my husband or my wife or my kids <laughs> or my children or my whatever it is. Mm. Okay. This is a big sometimes. <laughs> and the other one is also when you feel aggressive, mm. you, you are aggressive. You feel like Oh, I, you want to jump to everything. And, it's, you know, it's all symptoms of unhappiness and it's all symptoms of an alignment. Mm. You are not aligned. Because we can quite easily, can't we, live in a culture like that? I'm, I'm particularly thinking of the workplace and that that can become normalized for you internally as to how you feel when you're there. So I could say to myself that it's just the way I feel when I go to work. So what happens when we normalize it like that? What happens in terms of understanding that we're not in alignment? What type of things could we do to start asking ourselves questions that will provoke this conscious understanding of what we've just described, the symptoms of not being aligned? So I think, as you say, the first thing is to be aware. Mm. Most of the time, we're absolutely not aware. Mm. Or we can feel like, like you said, this is normal. This is my normal yes. me going yeah. to work. Mm. But if it doesn't feel good for you, if you feel that you are another person, mm. when you do go whatever you're doing. To me, this is a symptom of disalignment. So mm. I think the first thing would be be aware of it. Be careful. Be careful mm. how you feel and things like that. You sometimes, of course, we have to push a little ourselves, you know. But I think the important thing is you need to be the same person so the mm. at home with your yeah. friends at work whenever wherever you go you do it's very important because you cannot we cannot change personality i know that in before 
I, I like to say in the old days, <laughs> we were teach to, okay, close the door from home mm. and open the door uh, when you go at, at work and you're not the same person. You are not supposed to, to be the same person. I don't believe in that. Because I don't believe that uh, half of myself stay at home this morning mm. and now I am with you and I'm a different person. Mm. I don't believe in that because mm. for me, it's not true. It's not being true to yourself. So it's not to be true with, with other people. Mm. And if something happened at home, so I'm going to share something very personal, but I think it's a good example. Before the show this morning, I received a call from mm. my mom. My dad is not doing well. Oh. And he's in France. Mm. So of course I am as usual, but maybe I am a little, you know, so sorry if you feel <laughs> that I am a little, you know, slower or not whatever, uh, let's, let, let's concentrate. But see, just the fact me to tell you, I feel better. So mm. now, you know, it's life. So it's like that, but I cannot separate that. It was happening. It happened this morning. So, and it's different. This is what being aligned is about. Mm. is being your true self. And you 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 don't have to hide from anything mm. because it's part of yourself. It's part of your life. It's part of yourself, part mm. of everything. And I think it's quite easy to say, and of course I work a lot in, in sort of the inclusive and DEI world where we talk about bringing our best selves to work and being ourselves at work. And it's quite easy to say, and as you say, it's quite hard to do internally as well and it brings mm. me to some of the journey steps you describe in your book around the alignment process around the need for unlearning and relearning and also ex accepting failure and mm -hmm. um you give us some valuable lessons learned here that you learned from your sporting career but not only can you explain a little bit more to our listeners how failing can help us align with ourselves so internally but also externally mm -hmm. failure for me it's a gift. It's bizarre to say that, but this is really a gift. Yeah, but I like that lens. Failure is a gift. Okay. I like it. It's a gift. It's a yeah. gift. And I'm going to tell you why. For two reasons. When you fail, it's because you're going to learn something. Mm. So it's good news. Something yeah. <laughs> good is going to happen. Mm. So maybe it's difficult at that moment, but you need it. It's your. It's part of your evolution. We don't know mm. that at that moment. And it's hard sometimes. And very often it's hard. But thinking like that, say, okay, so what do I have to learn from this failure? What mm. happened? What lesson? What lessons do I take from that? The first thing. And the second thing is also good news. It's because if you fail, it's because you took risk. Yeah. So if you take risk as a leader, as a person, if you take risk, it's because you evolve. Yeah. And because you innovate and because you want to adapt yourself and because, you know, something new is happening and you are not afraid <laughs> and you do it and you try. Mm. And if you fail, it's good. When I was uh, back to my time with a uh, horse riding, one say that you have to fail one at a time before being very good uh, horse mm. rider. Mm. One hundred times. So each time you fail, you say, oh, two, three, four, five. See, I'm not yet a good writer. <laughs> but but this is true. This is this is what we say. So same in life, same for mm. leadership. Mm. So if as a leader, you always, you know, stay at the same stage, uh, you don't want to take risks. You say, oh, no, that I know that it, it works by the past. It worked. So now I, I'm going to stay like that. Yeah. It's not going to work, especially today, especially mm. today with, uh, you know, this uncertainty. Mm. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's fluid, isn't it? It's always evolving, even though our brains like certainty. The world, particularly today, as you say, is always evolving. But this reframe, this power to reframe, and it brings me to another of the steps around the power of positive emotions and emotional contagion and you know the use of mirror neurons to to and you dedicate a whole chapter to it around leaders accepting responsibility for their own failures, but also constantly reframing into a more positive perspective. And that's one example of it. Can you tell us a little bit more around why that's so important for effective leadership, this positive reframe? I think two things. The first thing is our brain is wired to uh, see always what is doesn't work, mm. but it doesn't help because <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. But, but going with that <laughs> is you feel drained, you feel sad, you you're going to do anything. So you need mm. positive energy. You need positive energy to refuel yourself, to give you energy, to give you the power that, you know, you need as a leader. Mm. So it's really something like, also, if you, another thing would be, is to be positive, you just have to have you ask you a, a question. Mm. Can I do anything about it? You know, focus on what you can change. Mm. So if you are angry because of a, uh, something happened, the government, for example, mm. did something and you're mm. unhappy with, mm. whatever it is. Can you do anything about it? Mm. The answer is no. Yeah. So w- why should you, would you give, you know, time, energy for that uh, purpose? And you need your energy to, as a leader, as a person, to do something impactful where you can have impact. So recenter yourself always, realign yourself always mm. with, with those positive emotions. And I like the idea of realigning oneself positively because it brings mm. me to another topic and big, I think, step on this journey around self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I was going to say removing. I'm not sure one can ever remove self-limiting beliefs, but but you know, reframing self-limiting mm-hmm. beliefs and patterns and what become essentially mind traps. Can you tell us a little bit about how this shows up for people and what advice you would give them to realign this part of the way they talk to themselves? Because it is really about our inner voice, isn't it, in terms of what we're saying to ourselves and the belief systems that have been created and that we perpetuate or that we are creating. So mind traps is really this mental uh, obstacle Mm. that is between you and between the leader you, you're meant to be, mm. or between you and the person, the best version of yourself or the yeah. person you want to be. So yeah. this is very simple. It's all about the mentor. It's all about the story that you tell yourself. Yeah. It's all yeah. about that. It's all about that. And it's all about, am I writing my story or another story? Mm. And it's all about that. And it's all about, you know, asking you this question. Okay, you imagine you are a movie maker, mm. you are, and you are, you know, writing, a, doing a movie. So, are you in your own movie, or are you in the movie of somebody else? Are you the main character of your movie, or are you a second, third, fourth character of your movie? You need to be, you know, the hero of your movie <laughs> because you you need to be the main character. Mm. So. So mental mind traps is really that is really mm. to do to, to define to where to see where it's coming from when one way to go is to ask yourself is it my voice is mm. it me is it my story is this 
is it really what I want to do? And if not, it's all about rethinking and say, okay, what do I want to do? Hmm. For example, I, I always, I, very often, I take you know the example of um, if you come from a family, a doctor family, for example, yeah. and you are not a doctor, hmm. or imagine you you are a doctor, or you do you did some, uh, you went to school uh, and tried to study to be a doctor, and one day you just realize that this is not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. This happened to plenty of my friends, by the way. Mm. So in the middle of, you know, when they were study, studying, they said, I don't know why I'm doing that, just to please my my family. Mm. In fact, I don't want to be a doctor. Mm. I want to, to make a difference, but differently. I want to be, you know, an attorney. Yes. Okay. Well, you don't do that. Why don't you do mm. that? You have to give you the permission mm. to do it. Mm. So you need courage to do that because you need to change your mindset. You need a shift to yep. shift, you know, the yep. mindset and think differently and say, okay, and face the truth. The truth mm. is, ah, I did that to please someone or mm. because I thought it was the right way to go. Mm. But in fact, it's not me. Mm. So again, you're not aligned. And believe me, if you do something when you're not aligned, mm. It is not going to work. I'm sorry to say. Mm. However much you force it. Yeah. Yeah. You can force it, but mm. for a while. And anyway, something is going to happen to make you again understand that, hey, wake up. Mm. It's not for you. It's just yeah. time to be you. It's really, I'm hearing around listening to your, what I call your inner wisdom. So, you know, valuing your intuition and actually giving your intuition an opportunity to speak, which of course, normally we fill our lives so full that we don't have the time or don't make the time, should I say, to listen to our own intuition. And I found, you know, it's it's funny, the doctor's family, that that's my case. So I, I come from a, my parents are doctors and none of me or my sisters are doctors. And I wanted to be a doctor when I was younger and I didn't for lots of reasons. And one of the exercises in your book where you invite us to think about peripheral questions to find our purpose, as opposed to direct questions to find our purpose. And I love that exercise of, you know, think about what you wanted to be when you were younger, so Mm -hmm. a doctor, Uh, and then think about what you do today, Mm -hmm. so a leadership coach. And essentially, yes, my, my passion and purpose is the same. It's people. And as you said, maybe make you want to make a difference you know, uh, differently. And so I still want to help people grow to unlock their potential, to support them in that, et cetera. And that was so powerful for me, that that um, peripheral activity. And it can bring something, I didn't realize I was realigning myself, should I say. Yeah. And, and and now when I take a, a step back, that's exactly what I was doing. So why should we value our intuition so much? And how can we do that, Hortense, in in our daily lives when it's busy and we're stuck in this mind trap, Mm. let's put it that way, because often Mm. we are Mm. in the sort of system of mind traps as we go through Mm. work, Mm. even if we like Mm. what we do. Mm. Sure, you're you're right. I like to to quote Einstein. Einstein refer uh, to the intuitive mind as a gift. Yeah. And the rational mind as the faithful servant. Yeah, And he said that we created a world where, you know, to honor, you know, the servant and we forgot our gift. 
And this is so true. It is so true. Yeah. We forgot our gift. Mm. And then, and why? Because our education, so the world that we created is all about rationality. I don't I don't say that we don't need it. Mm. I just say we need both. That's yes. all. Uh, but we didn't create anything, you know, to listen to this intuition, to authorize ourselves, you know, mm. to, you know, to listen to that and 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 to to trust, to trust our intuition. For example, if you ask a child, ask a question to a child, the child is going to give you up right away the answer. If you ask, you ask, you know, whatever it is. If I ask you the question, for example, what is your preference, your your beach, your favorite beach? So if I tell you, oh, you don't think you just tell me, you know, give me the answer. You're going to give me an answer. Yes. But if I tell you, I don't add that and I say, what is your favorite beach? You begin to think, okay, I've been there, 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 there. So I don't know. So maybe I have two or three. So your rational, you know, mind is mm. taking over. If you do the same with the child, and you know that in France, we will always say, oh, the truth comes from the mouth of a yes. child, yes. right? Yes. Right? So you don't, you want to know the truth, ask them, they're going to tell you right away because they feel they don't have filter, mm. that filter, and they are not educated on uh, yet on the, on, you know, on the rational one. So they still have balance. Yes. And of course, they have to learn rationally, uh, rationally but also they... They keep their intuitive, impulsive, you know, mm. one. And this is all what it is about. And how you can do that. I think um, the first thing is to stop and take time to avoid other noise, to free your head from other noise. Mm. So the other voices, you know, what people say, uh, you know, even the voices in, in your environment. And Take time to be at the present moment and to feel your emotions. So how do I do today? How do I feel? Mm. And the exercise is easy. You can do, you can meditate, but, you know, even if you don't meditate, it's fine. It's just being at the present moment. Mm. So one of my clients, for example, is doing very often, at least once a day, is taking a pause, 10 minutes, having a coffee. He closed the door, he looked by the window, mm. he had his coffee, and he's, he's listening to his favorite song. Okay. So it takes five minutes, something like that. It's five mm. to ten minutes. He do that, and he tried to just keep his mind there. Mm. It has to be, you know, a music or with um, lyrics. Mm. So you can you can follow, you know, yeah. can follow, the, you know, the lyric. And so you empty that way. What you do is you empty, you know, your, your left brain. You empty that time. You close the door and you open the door the other way, the, mm. the other brain. And at the same time, you refuel yourself. You mm. don't think about anything and you go back. Mm. So having this, you know, creating a routine, a daily routine where you can be with yourself is very, very important. And this is a way you will be able to listen to your intuition. Mm. Okay. Because you will learn to, how to do that. Mm. Mm. And I think if I come back to the idea of master and slave or right and left or mm. whatever, the intuitive, the gift, let's call it the gift that we've forgotten. Yes. You also use a lot of exercises around metaphors and how they can also help 
people to step into this place. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you use metaphors in your work and, and the power of the metaphor? The power of a metaphor is exactly the same subject. It's if I tell you there is many ways to skin a cat. Yep. You're going to laugh yeah. <laughs> and you can and you can see it, right? Yeah. Right away. So it's all about stories. You communicate mm. with people by stories. So if you give stories, if you give a tale, if you give a you know, even a fable mm. to people, they are so again, choops. You mm. switch because it's a way to go to your unconscious, mm. to go to to talk to your, uh, your unconscious, mm. and so and uh, Ericsson was was a master of doing yeah. that. This is really that, and and you open the door to your unconscious, so you open the door to your uh, your gift, and you find answer better, and you connect better with people, mm. because if I do that, you can picture. You have a picture. Okay, I get your point. This is mm. what you want to do. Mm. I can explain one hour during yeah. one hour and yeah. having, you know, long conversation, long sentences, you know, very complicated word. But if I just tell you right away, okay, different way to skin the cat. Mm. Ah, okay, so you got the point. You mm. laugh, so you get, you have energy. Mm. Ah, and you, you, you are with me. You want to listen. Mm. Yeah. So uh, this is why, you know, metaphor is very important. It's a way to escape mm. <laughs> from the rational mind, if you want. Yeah. And stepping out of your mind trap, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Which brings me back to the idea of power and force. Mm -hmm. So that trying to figure things out, trying to force things through a system, that's my link. And <laughs> you talk a lot about what I'm going to call the power and force paradox in, in your book in various places. And I would love it if you could walk our listeners through what that's about, the power vs force. And, you know, we touched on it before with your horse as to whether you force your horse over a jump aggressively or whether you try and take your horse with you over, over mm. a jump. So I'd be, it'd be great if you could walk us through that process and what it brings to the lens of alignment. Mm. So I would say that the difference between power and force is if you take David, uh, so because everything began with um, David uh, Hawkins, he said, so he rank emotion based on uh, how the impact are your life and our power. Effective leadership uh, radiates power and does not rely on force. Yeah. It's exactly like, back to my time with my horse, a horse, you know, is a 500 kilo animal. Mm -hmm. So if you are 50 kilo yourself, <laughs> you can try. Quite a big difference. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can try. But who is going to win? Yes. Mm. So of course you can, you can try and, you know, and some people do that. So you have the horse, you can imagine even, even if you don't ride horses, you have mm. a horse and you want to go to a direction. So you turn your hand and either you go all together. So all about trust, communication, like leadership. So you, mm. if people, you know, follow you because they trust you, they are with you, they know why they, they go there. So they're going to turn correctly. So, you know, the horse is going to turn nicely, correctly, and is going to go where you want to go. It's going to understand you also. You can exactly do the same by not connecting with him, but force him. So you can imagine yourself, you know, opening, taking the rein, opening your hand, but putting. Hmm. What's going to happen? 
your poor horse is going to be here irritated yeah. and, you know, is going to be suffering, painful. So it's going to do it because it's helpful, mm. but not with his heart mm. and not the same way. It will not have any harmony between you and between within your horse. Everything is going to be about force. And this is the difference between force and power. Where do you think you're going to be far? You're going to be far. Do you think using the force? At one point, your horse will say, stop it now, right? Mm. Because he doesn't want, because again, the heart is not there. Mm. And the other way, you can go far because you are together, because you trust, because you know you go together on this journey or on this road. Mm. And it's really, I like this metaphor because it's exact, exactly what happened as a leader. Mm. Either I, I, as a leader, you can, you know, create it, this trust, this harmony with your team, or you cannot, you force them. So it's all about, you know, the uh, command and control. Yep. So it's going to happen also, but you are not going to have the same result mm. for sure. Mm. So again, come back to your alignment, <clears throat> where mm. your power is there. And so just to build on that, because that's the power of us aligning with ourselves internally. If I look at collective alignment, so aligning externally with the rest of my systems with which I work and, and interact, you know, especially listening to all the voices in the system is mm -hmm. my understanding of collective alignment. Can you tell us more about how you nurture, well, what collective alignment is for you and how you can nurture it so that you can create the conditions for your team and yourself to navigate today's world, which, as we said, is uncertain and quite complex? Leadership, for me, uh, has to come from the inside out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, totally agree. And so what we are talking about now is what I call the alignment of alignments with us. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because, okay, so as a leader and the, your leadership is from, from the inside. So mm -hmm. you begin by yourself. You begin at the beginning and it's yourself. So talk, you know, think about your alignment, mm. how you want to show up as a leader, what your values are, what matters to, to you and how you want to be remembered. Mm. Okay, this is you, this is yourself, this is your alignment, alignment, and this is your work. When you are clear on that, you communicate that, no, second step, you think about how you can align your values, who you are, with the purpose of the company, second step. Mm. So you, you're clear on that. When you're clear on that, you communicate that because you, if you align, it is true, right? Mm. It is true. It is yourself. So you communicate that to your team, team members, board meeting, whatever. So the people with who you, you work. And so you do it. And all together with all the company after, because you ask them to do the same under. It's a cascade. Mm. So mm. from the board member, you know, to uh, the line, to the frontline uh, workers, they have to know what the direction is. So as a leader, you are captain of this boat. So, okay, you're captain of this boat. You communicate, you are clear on your alignment, where you go. You communicate the vision. This is where we want to go. You have your crew. Your crew is your teams. 
Mm. Everyone knows that he's important. His work, her work is very important. This is what he should do, what he have to do. The way he's going to do, it's free. Mm. But, but it's all together that we are going to create and to go there and to navigate north. Mm. And especially today, yeah. because today, so we imagine that we if first, we don't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers today. That's not yeah. possible. No. You wake up in the morning, you don't know what's going to come next. Mm. Okay, so we are in transition. The world is transitioning. Leadership is transitioning also. So you are navigate and uh, you are in the, in the middle of the ocean. And in the ocean, the ocean could be very calm. It could be also, or not, you know, yeah. five minutes. Yeah, five minutes a storm is coming or big waves, whatever. So it's very, very, more than ever, very important that everyone feels included in this boat mm. and knows where to go with a captain. But the captain doesn't have to give orders. He just have to tell, okay, this is where we have to go. Of course, he has to take decision, you know, but be clear of what, who takes the decision and what, what he is doing what, and participate. Everyone has to be, to have a voice mm. Mm. at the table. Everyone, everyone, everyone. And this is how you do the cascade because you become as a leader more of a coach yep. than command and control. Your role is evolving. So this is what you begin to, 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 to do. And so each one has to do the same with their team. Mm. It's a different leadership. You mm. listen more, you talk less. Yeah, yeah. Sounds simple. <laughs> and I suppose when you say it, it's simple. Um, but but I'm hearing, you know, there are so the gifts of alignment, if you like, that alignment itself is a gift, the, the gift of failure and the gift of intuition. So how do we protect those gifts as leaders as we move into, let's say, water that is more choppy and more stormy and where we are going to go back to our reflexes? How do we protect the gifts of alignment? When you are clear on your gift, what I would recommend is to do your daily practice. Mm. So you write down what is important for you, you know, what you want to work on and what, you know, really your values are and everything. You, you write that down very clearly. You try to write your, let's say your, your, your purpose in one sentence, two sentences, whatever, mm. but it has to be very clear on you. And you daily, you create this daily routine. I, I like to say your daily rendezvous. Yeah. It's a rendezvous with yourself. Mm. So An important I go, one. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to go to uh, to see yourself. So yeah. yeah, you have a very, very important meeting. It's with yourself. Mm. And, and I don't joke. It's very important because... Mm. We understand our brain, you know, had uh, 100 billion of connection. And so we are used to do or to act that way. If you want to change behavior or mindset, this is another connection. So it's okay. We are aware of it. Here we go. Mm. We are aware of it. I decide to change. Perfect. But it's like a muscle, a new muscle that you're Mm. working on. So you have to work every day. Every day you check. In your meeting, you check, okay, how did I do there? Oh, oh, did I stay true to mm. my commitment? Did I stay true to me? No, 
Okay, don't blame yourself. It's fine. But you just realize that, oh no, I didn't do it. So you just decide at that moment during your routine that you're going to do differently tonight or tomorrow. I do it, for example, every morning. Every morning Mm. I do my yoga. Mm. I do my meditation and I do, you know, my daily check-in say, okay, how I want to show up already today mm. and how, how, you know, what I'm going to do. And at night I do the same five minutes. Say, oh, oh, what did I do? Did I? Okay. And if I didn't do as well as I wanted, I didn't blame myself. Anyway, it's done. And mm. we learn, we learn. So maybe I failed. Yes, maybe I failed. Okay. I could do better. Mm. Okay. Tomorrow I will do better. That's all. Or, but you realign yourself. Mm. So that's the gift from today. Yes. This is a gift yeah. from today. <laughs> exactly. See, we have plenty of gifts and we, don't, we are not aware of it. That's amazing, yeah. in fact. Mm. But I like the idea of having a meeting with yourself because, you know, our longest lasting relationship is the one we have with ourselves, isn't it? And often that's the one that comes last. So yeah. I'm hearing the practice of, I'm going to call it alignment discipline. So, you know, this, this developmental exactly. habit, mm-hmm. practice of checking in with myself at the beginning and the end of the day, particularly when I'm feeling too tired or too busy. Particularly, exactly. This mm. is when we need the most, the more, mm. that we don't do it. Mm. This is exactly that. And you know what Buddhists are saying? They say, oh, you are very busy, overwhelming, you know, running everywhere. Good. It's time to open a book and to read two pages. Can you, <laughs> and you get the point. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. exactly, try to do it and you will see. You will yeah. see. It will make a difference. You will do exactly this. No, you will do more in a better way. Yeah. It's a, it's a different it's, gift, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's the gift a gift of yeah. space. It's a gift of space. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Time is running, but I would like to ask you one last question. If you have any sort of call to action, we've been through a lot. We've been through lots of different steps on the alignment journey, and they sound simple. And there are lots of very helpful reflection questions in your book as to how to make that real for people. But if you had a sort of last message or call to action for our listeners around aligning themselves or realigning themselves in terms of their leadership, what would it be? I would say, be yourself. Everyone is already taken. Uh, <laughs> my favorite quote. Yeah. Okay, super. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. It's true. It's true, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was true, so thank you, Oscar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Oscar Wilde set the, Oscar set the Wilde, forefront yes. for your book aligned. I like that. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, Hortense, thank you so much for coming and sharing your your thoughts, your stories, your experience, and what's in your book. Where can uh, our listeners find out more about you, your work, and what you do? Uh, so you can follow me on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. of course, Instagram and LinkedIn, mostly LinkedIn. And they have a website. <laughs> so my website, so hlgconsultinggroup.com, I guess, or consulting.com. Or my name, hortenslegentil.com. So both of them, you can go there. Okay. <laughs> I have an upcoming book in September 26. It will be released uh, released in September 26. So there will be more to come about alignment. I'm glad about that. And I'm going to invite our leaders to read Aligned anyway, to find out more about them and how they align themselves. Can you give us a sneak peek into what's in your second book or 
So they watch this space. <laughs> well, just quickly, but this, the title of the book is The Unlocked Leader. Super. It's Dare to Free Your Own Voice. We talk mm. about that. Lead with Empathy and Shine Your Light in the World. And it's all about defining your mind traps and free yourself from your mind traps to be the best version of yourself. Excellent. And and it's out in September. So I'm going to leave our listeners with the call to action for alignment. And then when your second book comes out, they can deepen their understanding and free their voice. I like that. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. It was absolutely wonderful to talk to you today. Likewise. Thanks for a great conversation. Thanks. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and the insights and learning it gave you. And it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk Transformation. Mm -hmm.